Welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I'm your host for today. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast where we talk marketing, tech, business, and leadership. We talk these things for real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast that has two purposes. Purpose number one, to educate and inform our audience and listeners. Purpose number two, Kalia, to spotlight you, your business, your service, and a product and your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. With that, we have a very special guest, Kalia Luff. Kalia Luff is a highly accomplished Philadelphia native with a successful track record as a special, as a serial entrepreneur. She earned an AA in social behavior with concentrations in psychology, sociology, and a BA in Africology and African studies with a minor in sociology. Graduating from the Temple University, I never can say this word correctly, cum laude, right? Is that correct? I think is that it's, how you say it? I think it's cum laude. Cum laude with the highest GPA <laughs> in the College of Liberal Arts. Despite becoming a mother at the young age of 16, Kalia per- persevered and became the first person in her household to attend college. At just 21 years old, she co-founded her first business, a successful virgin hair and beauty salon in Center City, and then later started an online clothing store. Kalia's passion for education led her to become a successful teacher while also pursuing a master's in urban education at UPenn. However, her entrepreneurial spirit eventually led her to quit teaching and focus on real estate, where she excelled for almost seven years. In addition to her real estate ventures, Kalia has successfully launched several additional businesses, including a junk removal company and a mobile notary business. Thank you for notarizing my paperwork. She is currently focused on building her rental portfolio and remains actively involved in each of her businesses. Kalia's exceptional drive, determination, and business acumen have earned her a reputation as a leader and innovator in the Philadelphia Entrepreneurial Community. She is a true inspiration to young people and entrepreneurs everywhere. Kalia, welcome to the show. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you so much for having me. You're absolutely welcome. So, Kalia, tell us, today we're going to be talking about and discussing uh, within real estate, specifically wholesaling. So tell me, tell us, tell the audience how you um, got involved in wholesaling. So <clears throat> when I was in college, um, after I started my first business, I was looking into real estate. Um, I was already a mom, so I was already, you know, having to consider keeping a roof over my head in a way that other people didn't. So I was already thinking about buying a house. um, And I knew that at the time I wanted to purchase a property where I could live on top and I and like run a business out the bottom or rent out the bottom. So that much I knew. when I was graduating college, I had a girlfriend who's in real estate, who's still in real estate. She was tell- she was a realtor. She was telling me about a program where you could get a loan based on your projected income if you were a newly um, a new college graduate. Um, and so, because I had landed a teaching job um, that was a two year contract, I was going to use that as my pathway into real estate. I started teaching. Um, I was attending UPenn, but then I just realized that that wasn't for me. Um, and so I quit my teaching job. I quit UPenn and I got, I had gotten like a refund check from school that I was going to use to essentially do a flip. Um, once I got a little bit of education, um, and I had my little bit of money, I was going to throw it into a flip, but then I realized like, 
I was probably about to lose all my money and I didn't know, you know, I really didn't know what I needed to know to, to um, turn a profit with that money. So I decided to wholesale instead. I was learning about wholesaling, um, but I honestly didn't want to do it because I had just um, going from selling virgin hair to opening up a hair salon to having an online clothing store. And I was like, uh, I don't know that I really want to run a business. And like wholesaling is like running a business. In my mind, I thought flipping houses, I didn't connect the fact that flipping houses was also running a business. I just thought I could go buy a property, fix it up, you know, flip it, make 50,000 and be cool. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't realize it was also making a business. So I'm like, uh, I don't really feel like running a business. Like I just want to make some money. Um, but like I said, I realized I didn't know what I needed to know. So I decided to try wholesaling instead. Um, and that was what I did. So what is wholesaling? What is that? What does that mean? Wholesaling is essentially, um, connecting motivated sellers with motivated buyers. Basically what you're doing is you're finding, um, off market real estate deals. You're finding distressed properties or homeowners who are in distressed situations and you are um, getting their property under contract and what you're doing is selling your interest in that contract to a cash buyer or you know an investor however they're funding the deal um, to an investor for a profit and you pretty much make the money in the middle um, but your job is not just to connect them but also to solve the millions of problems that comes up whether it's like clearing title or like dealing with the seller and like family stuff like sometimes it's like a family property sometimes they're going through probate sometimes people families are fighting over properties you have to like stay in the middle of all of that to make sure that everybody gets to the closing table um while also knowing your numbers knowing rehab numbers knowing like what's going to make a profit to your investors and also facilitating and maintaining your relationships with investors so that you're able to like sell them good deals. Thank you. Um, why would a seller work with a wholesaler versus uh, somebody like a licensed real estate agent or a flipper directly? Mm -hmm. So um, for one, they don't have to worry about like, so some uh, sellers don't even want to like let their neighbors know that they're selling their house. For whatever reason, sometimes they're going through like hardships or whatever, and they just don't want people in their business. So they don't want people to know. So they don't want to put out a for sale sign. They don't want, you know, realtors showing their properties to millions of people. They don't want to go through that process. Um, it's always um, it's, it's a lot easier to selling, you know, direct with someone who is able to who's knowledgeable and able to solve those problems and connect you with a buyer just without going through all of the hassle. And you don't have to pay a lot of fees. You don't have to pay the realtor's fees. Sometimes you don't have to pay closing costs. Um, we just, our job is to just make it like a seamless process. There is a perception that wholesalers are stealing properties. What do you have to say about that? Um, I feel like there's a perception that investors or developers in general steal properties. Um, I think that it there are like unscrupulous people in every every industry. I think that wholesaling in general gets a bad rep because it's been highly unregulated. So, you know, scammers and like other types of people are able to just penetrate the industry 
um, and there's not as much like red tape as there would be with like getting your real estate license where I believe you have to do like a criminal background check and like all of these other things. Um, and so it's much easier for people to go into that space, not really having the right set of values and take advantage of people. Um, so, I mean, that exists. However, our job is to solve people's problems um, and make it a win-win situation. And I mean, we in particular, we have many, many, many testimonials where like people are very thankful that they work with us. We're helping someone sell their property right now. And she's like, you know, she's happy that I'm able like that. She found someone that she can trust to like take over the process to like deal with people, help her with it, like hold her hand, all of that type of stuff. Um, so, I mean, it happens, but I would say you have to deal with people who are honest, people who have integrity, people who have longevity. Right. So not someone who just got into real estate for six months, but we've been in real estate for almost seven years now. So we're here. We're in the industry like we're known professionals. So we're not out here taking advantage of people like we're easy to find. We're not hiding. You get what I'm saying? Thank you. Um, tell me about a common myth within the, the wholesale industry. A common myth. Um, a common myth, I would say, is that like it's just fast cash and like wholesalers don't really do much or add much value other than finding a property. And they don't understand um, the the work, the levels of work that go into finding a property. Right. Because it's not just you have to you have to know so many different things at one time and be good at so many different things at one time. You have to be able to find opportunities. You have to know your numbers. You have to be able to do market research to know where opportunities are. You have to be able to have good research skills to find some of the homeowners of these people. You have to have capital and connections in the real estate industry to get some of these deals done. Sometimes, sometimes they have to go through probate and people don't have money like and you have to pay for that. Um, and then you have to have the network to be able to actually move the contract. Once you get it, you have to have the, the buyers. You have to have relationships with title companies. You have to know contract law. You have to know real estate law. You have to know zoning like there's so many different things that you have to know at once to be successful in it. Thank you. I see. I saw. I see you post some deals, but I didn't know you were like a wholesaler. Um, so that's interesting. I, I I do some wholesaling too. I, I started local, and now I do virtual, like national. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. That's other markets, but that's how I got into real estate. That's actually what we do primarily, and what we've been doing for the last seven years. Okay. What What is What's one piece of advice you would give someone that's starting out in wholesaling? Um, I would say <laughs> one piece, one piece, uh, it's not just one piece, but one piece would be, where, where should they start? Like what's one piece? Where would they start? Like if you could tell somebody, this is where you start, I'm giving you this piece of advice, start here. What would that look like? Be educated, like know what you're talking about, like learn how to do the real estate math, know the real estate jargon um you know know how to analyze deals know how to identify opportunities like do the do the work of educating yourself so that when you put yourself out there whether it be to sellers or buyers um you know what you're talking about and you're able to actually get stuff done where would i get my education like where would i start i go on the internet i hit google bigger pockets real estate yeah. websites so, I mean, what I would say, like for me, I've never taken like, I don't know, this education wasn't like readily available to me, like offered in school or school or anything like that. So 
I literally in the beginning went to every single real estate networking event, you know, in the city every time. Um, and also watched a ton of YouTube videos and also just talked to people and, and paid for courses and classes. And I just soaked up as much information as I could. You know what I'm I, about to ask you? Self-taught. I don't know what you're about to ask me. Okay. Um, do you think you can teach people how to get involved in this business? Yeah. How would you do that? <clears throat> how would I do that? Well, for one, I would probably hire them. Um, and then I would be able to teach them. But it would start with... It would depend on what position, right? But if I'm mm -hmm. just... If I'm being hired as a teacher to just see, teach someone how to wholesale soup to nuts, um, I would probably begin with, like I said, education. It would be probably real estate terms and real estate math. That's probably where I would start. Okay, so you should create a real estate. Like you should create a course. Yes. You should yep. think about that. Should be on the agenda. That should no, be on the it agenda. is. It already is. Okay. Cause, um, so I got my, I got my host, I paid, I just paid a coach, got my education from a coach. I just paid him and he taught me cause at, at some point you learn everything like you, like yeah. you're saying, go bigger pockets and YouTube and stuff like that. But there's still a real world experience that you need. And, um, there's different ways to do stuff, but people, what I'm finding, right. Is that people are overwhelmed. They see all the information out there. They don't know what to do. So you get the education. Then it's like, well, now you need to go do the thing now you need to go implement that thing so um yeah just wondering like you're very smart you teach those uh goal setting workshops and stuff like that i think you can come up with a nice and healthy course and you could also probably train people on how to work with you too this is how it works so yeah yeah i mean we would like to grow our team in that way um and teach people in that way so yeah. okay all right um Wholesaling. So tell me about your your least favorite transaction and then tell me about your most favorite transaction. Hmm. Wholesale. Least favorite. Okay, so I know that the I think this is my favorite. I don't know. We've had some good ones. I think this is my favorite. My favorite mm -hmm. one is we um, helped a pastor from Puerto Rico sell his um, nonprofit organization along with 11 parcels that were attached to it. And um, it was over a million dollar deal. So it was our favorite. It was my favorite because that it also took like two years maybe to get it done. Um, but that was my favorite deal because it was like a huge deal. It made the paper, the developer who actually did the condos on on the land um, that made the paper. Um, we were able to. Uh, so the pastor told us that like he was like he had a dream or something like that. And he said that God told him that he can get one point two million dollars for this land. And we literally like usually, you know, like for one, we had no idea how to even determine the real value of the land because we were very early on in our um in our career so we didn't really have all of the information we didn't really know how to value it usually when you know sellers just say a number like they very rarely get the first number that they say but this guy we were able to 
get him his exact number and sell it for you know over that amount and for us to still be able to make a profit and the guy who bought it got a good deal and you know there's condos there and we learned a whole lot we had to go through um we had to deal with the city we had to deal with what was that organization the redevelopment authority um that was our first time going through stuff like that we had to go through i want to say a quiet title what was it rco meetings rco meetings i think we had to go through a quiet title process for this deal like it was it was a lot it was a lot um but that was my favorite and my least favorite don't say nothing yeah i'm trying to think people are always trying to get away from the negative stuff that's right. not we don't do that here favorite. what was my least favorite I would so maybe I'll say there was a particular deal where we was helping a woman sell her property and by the time we basically got to the closing table she didn't really have a it, she wasn't really walking away with a lot of money and we had like developed a good relationship with this lady like to this day if I see her you know what I mean like she'll hop in a car with us we'll go have lunch we'll live like He's real cool, um, but because there was like some credit card stuff that had popped up like super last minute, all this other stuff, the property needed way more work than um, we originally thought because like the back wall was crumbling. So like it needed to be rebuilt, those types of things. So by the time she got to the table, she wasn't really walking away with that much. And she was like, she needed the money to move and whatever, whatever. And I just didn't like the fact that, you know, we weren't able to help her in a way that we would have liked to because we've developed a relationship with her. So we wish that we could have like gotten her more money. So how does that work? See, that's why the negative stuff is good. Like, how does that work? Like, what do you mean she lost the money? Like, did it fall off the table? Did it have to go somewhere? What is that process like? She didn't necessarily. I mean, I guess she lost the money. She had more debt than she realized. And it didn't really come up until like a couple of days before settlement like this credit card judgment popped up last minute. So where she would have been walking away with at least a few thousand dollars um, to be able to move, the judgment came up at the last minute, literally a couple of days before settlement. And she was already at risk of like losing the property because she wasn't making her mortgage payments, things like that. Um, so we kind of had to like move forward with it. And so the few thousand that she was walking away with pretty much went to the judgment. We ended up I believe actually coming out of pocket to to give her some money back to make sure that she was able to walk away with something. That's noble of you. Um, there is uh, in Philadelphia. We're both in Philadelphia, Philadelphia based. There has we have a new regulation. It's not really new. I think it's three years old or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. you know about that. Uh, you got to oh. be licensed now to wholesale mm -hmm. in Philadelphia, right? Um. From what I understood about the bill or like what I read, it didn't sound like it applied to exactly what we do. Like they're calling it a wholesale license, but it actually sounds like it applies to flippers because it sounds like you can't like, I forgot exactly what it was, but it didn't sound like it actually applied to what we do. And also, I don't know that, and this is, you know, I'm not a lawyer or anything like that, but I don't know that that could trump contract law because contract law says that you have the right to assign your interest in a contract unless it says that it's not assignable. So I don't know how much that could trump contract law. And like I said, it looked like to me that it applied to someone who actually took ownership of the property and we never take ownership as a wholesaler. Okay. I just, 
Yeah, I had the perspective that you had to become licensed, and that's always been my understanding. But you, right, like you said, contract law. Contract law may or may not overwrite that. So that's why it's so important to uh, have that education. Right. I mean, and either way, if they ever said, like, you need to do this to continue to maintain business, it's just a price and a class right. or whatever it is. We would just get yeah. licensed. Just the price of business. Yeah. Um, all right. So... Um, something that people always want to know about, right? Without exposing your secret sauce, something that people always want to know about is like, how do you get more deals? Uh, how do I find deals? How do I find these sellers? Could you give some tips or some insight on how people can find deals? Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm just getting over a cold. Um, but I would say look for, um, look for distressed properties. Look for properties that are falling apart. Look for properties that look blighted, that look abandoned. Um, eyesores go into nice neighborhoods and look for properties that are like have tall grass like the mail is you know falling out the mail slot that probably means someone hasn't been there in a long time like those are the sorts of things that you're looking for um to find it and then you can just go on the city's website to find out who the owner is and then you have to like do your own research to figure out how to contact them thank you um I want to get to the closing table, right? You know what that is? Tell us what the closing table is. You know all about that. Come on. Um, the closing table, I mean, that's where it go down. That's where you get to bag it. That's where you're signing paperwork, you're signing settlement documents, and everyone's walking away with a smile and a bag, hopefully. Yeah, Thank you. So we we have, like, on, on my podcast, since it's called the Real Estate Marketing Podcast, we have what's called the closing table, and then we start asking questions to kind of clo close it up, close it down. So... We're getting to the closing table. Closing table question I have for you. The first one is, what are three book? What are? Let me start with the podcast. What are three podcasts you recommend to the audience and why? Um, three podcasts to this particular audience. Um, or in I, general. Yeah, I'll just say some of my favorite podcasts. Um, there's a woman named Courtney Sanders. Um, I believe it's just the Courtney Sanders show. Um, I love her because um, I believe she's an air sign like me, which makes her very great at communication. She's very, she's very articulate. She's very smart. Um, she has a lot of good information um, just about business, building businesses, building uh, platforms, marketing, like monetizing, um, monetizing products and services, monetizing your audience, um, different things like that. She's a business coach. And now her business is that she teaches other coaches how to be business coaches. Um, but she still has a lot of like just great um, general information and she's a black woman and she's a mom. So um, I tend to draw more toward not more, you know, like not more, not like I don't listen to other people, but I'm saying that um, you identify and appreciate that you identify with you. Yep. share your lifestyle and things like that, because it's just, just the level of things that they go through that you can, you know, connect with, like being a mom and being a business owner, right? Um, so that's Courtney Sanders. There is a woman who's actually in Philly. Her name is Jamila Payne. Um, I love her. She is a, um, I know her background is in corporate marketing. Now she teaches other business owners basically how to become CEOs, essentially, um, and how, like, how to do different things in their business. Um, her podcast... I don't know if that's the name of her podcast and I forget the name off the top, but it's Jamila Payne. Um, and like I said, I just get a lot of good general uh, information from her. 
And then I would say number three, who do I listen to? Oh, Patrice Washington. I love her so much. Um, Patrice Washington, she used to be on the Steve Harvey show. She is known as the Money Maven. Um, I forget exactly what she does now, actually, but she has a lot of great information just about um, her whole message is about like how building wealth is so much more than money. And she talks about these other areas of your life, like um, health and people, relationships, your space, different things like that. And how all of those, like how you have to, you know, show up in all of those other spaces in order to really attain wealth. Um, so I really love her. She's also another black woman, a mom, all of those things. Thank you. So I forgot to ask you a question before we got to the closing table. I have like a bonus round. Bonus <laughs> question is how can someone add immediate value to you or your business? Immediate value to me or my business. Um, Ooh, that's good. Bring me a, a bring me a seller. Bring me somebody who want to sell their property. Um, bring me a buyer who's interested in purchasing. Bring me any kind of investor or real estate professional who closes deals, and I could close their transactions. Okay. How how, how can someone bring long term value to you or your business? That's a good question. Um, long-term value hmm that's a good question maybe monetarily investing okay i mean you could you 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 could have said sponsorship you know like so this question the reason why i did this question is because a lot of times like us when we're out serving entrepreneurs business owners uh we we fail to slow down and think about ways that people can help us. So I injected these questions so I can figure out how I can help my guests. But I also don't want people coming to my guests and just picking their brain or asking them for stuff without having a way to bring them value. So right. that's the purpose of that question. Makes sense. Okay. So back to the closing table. Um, tell us three books you recommend to the audience and why. Three books. Um, of course, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Um, just because it's like, it's definitely a great foundational book for personal finance and just changing your mindset on, um, how you need to understand money and utilize money. Um, I would say, um, probably more for women. Um, there is a book called Sacred Pampering Principles that definitely speaks to, um, just healing and femininity and like just sacredness. Like, I don't know. It's a, it's a great, great book about like, can you say so, that again? Sacred pampering principles. Okay. By Debrina Jackson. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, definitely like a spiritual book, but not like not religious, but spiritual in the sense of like, uh, sacred femininity, maybe. Really good book, really healing book. I recommend it to every woman. <laughs> and then let's see, I'm trying to get well be well rounded, but I probably would say Traction. That's my book. Oh man, I love that book. Yes, yes, that's love my that book. book. Yeah. Which what what are you? Um, I am the visionary. Mm -hmm. I am the visionary. Um, my business partner is the integrator. So that works well. Um but you know, you know why I recommend Traction, but Traction by Gina Wickman, I recommend that to every business owner. Um, 
I would, I mean, you can read it if you're just starting out. It's not going to be as applicable. It's definitely a book for like once you get past the startup phase, I would say, or how to even for me, like when I was introduced to it, it was after I was a few years into business and had a team and had certain processes and things like that. So it was like way more relevant and easier to implement a lot of the things um, because the business was already up and going. But I will say, though, that every business that I started after I used the traction model and it was w what I believe it was one of the pieces that helped us grow those businesses very quickly. I, I think that people should read it in the beginning, too, because it gives them a foundation to understand strengths and weaknesses. Okay. Um, so I don't think you need to be in a startup. I think you start there, too, because okay. a lot of people start without that knowledge. Right. And then right. they like it's like a mess. If you start yeah, going off like. Anyway. I, mm -hmm. Right. Say that again. No, I said you're going to end up going back to it anyway. Yes. So yeah. I think if you start there, like, OK, I'm this person. These are my skills. This is my contribution. You can have like a straight path. I think um, me start to finish. Like that's one of the first books that I recommend for people. I recommend Traction as the like generic foundation. I also typically recommend E-Myth a lot yeah, because people it. don't understand their strengths and weaknesses. You can't do everything. Right. And it's I'm telling you, the world is full of visionaries. It's not as many integrators as there are visionaries. Everybody's trying to start stuff. And it's like, look, you need to slow down and get right. some of this stuff implemented. So right. I highly, highly recommend that book. Got it right here. It's one of my favorite books. Like, Yeah, it is. It is one of my like, traction. And e I actually read E-Myth before I read Traction. Um, and it was definitely foundational as well. I think Traction yeah. was just like next level. Yeah, Traction is um, I, I really, really, really love that book because people need like like the title they need to grit a grip on their business so right right yeah all right we are ready to close it down um how can we find out more about you online you can follow my business pages okay um for the notary company it's at sankofa signings both on facebook and instagram um for junk removal demolition Permits and licensing. It's at Sankofa Cleanouts, both on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then I am personally on Facebook and Instagram too, but I typically I don't typically accept people private, like, y'all. Super yeah. private. <laughs> you know, my daughter and stuff like that. I tend to share more personal things about me on my personal pages while my business pages are public. You can still see some things, still have access. Get to know me and then I'll accept your phone request. All right. Um, so close us out, right? Typically people close out with a statement, but I like to close it out with a word. Close us out one word. If you have one word to wrap up today or this podcast interview, give us one word, no explanation. No, well, just one word. Beast mode. That is not one word. Yes, it is. Beast no, mode it's is not. No, it's not. Safe in there. Beast mode is one word. Okay. Tell me why you picked beast mode. I don't know. It's just the first thing that popped into my head. I didn't know that you were going to say to this, you know, about today or the podcast. But when you said it, it was just the first thing that popped into my head. Okay. All right. I appreciate you. So thank you so much for your time today. I need you to stick around for like two minutes when we end it. So thank you, Kalia. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome.